We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly, along with producer Neil A. Caruso, with Don White. One of the few people in New York who can explain artificial intelligence in understandable terms. Don is the founder of Satisfy Labs, which uses artificial intelligence to let companies answer questions through AI in order to increase their sales. Don, I know you have a lot of sports stadiums and big stores and travel-related companies among your big clients that you've landed, but all those industries seem to be in trouble. So how are you doing, Don? Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for the time. Things are, things are really good. I mean, when you think about that dark period in March where 100% of our customers shut down their businesses for you know, their, their natural customer, whether it be a sports team or a theme park, a zoo museum, a music festival, that was a difficult time. I think we leaned in really quickly with our customers and said, well, how are you going to answer questions about COVID? We'd actually seen it in a zoo where a panda had come from China and some customer had said, is the panda contagious? First time we saw a hint of the virus was late February. So being able to give our customers that comfort that we'd be able to answer those questions even before a lot of the volume came, I think was a good opportunity for us to show our value. You're such a born entrepreneur, it seems to me, Don. You called your clients with an answer with a potential answer or a potential new service for them rather than just calling to say, hey, let us know if we can do anything for you. You, you had proposals right up front, right off the bat. That's right, because the community of clients enables us that if we see a certain trend happening even in 10 or 11 different locations one time, you can then connect the dots through the AI and give all of our customers a real deep understanding of what people are asking. So even if a question was never asked at your business, we can still relay the information that's been asked at others so that the machines can interpret and accurately respond. And that's been that's been everything from COVID-19 to the current so- social justice questions that are coming to businesses now. So the content really is growing of what people are wanting to know immediately. But Don, correct me if I'm wrong, it took you and your staff, humans, to say or to recognize the sales possibilities in seeing that, wait a minute, here's somebody asking if the zoo is dangerous because a panda had COVID. You had to recognize that, right? That's true. So what the machines do is they'll just say, hey, there's a lot of things coming that are not, not clear to me. There's some words or combinations that are strange. Like typically, if you said you had a virus, we would send you to first aid. So a human, the supervisor had to go in and say, hey, listen, this is something different. We shouldn't be saying this to people to first aid. They're asking more about access and safety. 
not saying, hey, I'm sick, I need a doctor. So a human absolutely has to make the final call of how to train the machine for new content like this. How are your clients now, four months later? How's business? What's it doing? I just sent a letter to our investors that was titled, The Ice is Melting. And what that means is a lot of our locations have started to either open up at limited capacity, like in the tourism industry. You know, we have Major League Baseball, huge, huge supporter of us, bringing at least the games back online. You have the NFL city by city announcing either that fans are going to be potentially allowed or not. So you're, we're getting a lot of really good value out of seeing how to help each customer. So things are things are absolutely going in the right direction. Still, you know, difficult because in like our business, like many others, we had to cut costs and salaries and reduce some of our resources. But overall, I think things are, are really positive. Don, you mentioned some of your clients are sports teams and making events experiences better. So what have you done to make the at-home experience better now that everything is virtual and you're watching games from home, there are no fans in the ballparks? Yeah, a lot of our focus is, is on building interactive search engines. So the new knowledge bases that we've distributed include that second screen experience. So you might be watching a Minnesota Twins game and say, hey, well, who's pitching today or what time do they play or, you know, what place are we in? Who's who's leading our team in hitting and and how many home runs did they hit last year? Like all that type of knowledge because you're kind of picking the rust off of your baseball knowledge from last season. So we've extended all of our Q&A capabilities to not just only include the stadium physical experience, but now we specifically call it the at-home search engines. So whether it's baseball or coming up at the NFL season, as well as the shortened, we're expanding to include anything you would want on demand, not just having to physically be there. What structural changes have you made because of COVID-19? Well, with the company, we've transitioned from a regional sales team to a vertical sales team. That means that the actual design of our efforts were really heavily trade show. It was a heavy trade show, regional travel organization, we just found a lot of value in face-to-face relationships and, you know, two people in a booth at a particular event. But with all that ending, flipping to vertical means that you give your customers expertise. So someone that knows ski resorts in and out, someone that knows the museum industry in and out or the baseball industry in and out. That's a pretty big shift for us because as a small company, you can rarely have expertise at scale. But now that you don't have the regional pressure Like I can have someone on the West Coast covering a vertical, not just required by their time zone. So I just think the new world has broken into ways we could be really efficient. What results have you seen so far having sales staff focus on industries of expertise rather than, you know, by location? Appreciation. Uh, We started doing it in the customer success groups and have seen the, you know, upsells and, and same store sales really double uh, in, in relation to last year because now that the employees or the people covering accounts or are selling to new accounts know their industry so well, they can quickly refer to either other people that they work with, highlighted clients and say, hey, let me show you a use case. And oh, by the way, I know Joe Smith or Mary Smith at uh, that place that you know, why don't you bring them in quickly and, and reference us? That sounds like such a great... <laughs> yeah. 
Why didn't you do this before? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. It is, but when you think about, you know, a lot of our value is in the brand names that you say. So the Georgia Aquarium, Atlanta Braves, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta United, all those clients are clustered by region. So we had the ability to send one person to like Atlanta and visit everybody and also get the opportunity to go into other places that might not take a phone call, but they'll gladly take a visit. So it seemed like a better strategy given our small staff to just split up the country into five pieces or six pieces. But now that you take away region, whereas I don't have the anticipation of visiting you anytime soon, someone who covers the Georgia Aquarium could now cover an aquarium in California and have the same relationship. But they may never meet face-to-face, and that's okay. We'd originally thought that at least one or two face-to-face meetings a year were required for relationships. I think now the world's adopted that digital relationships are just fine, and video calls have replaced the fly-ins. Early on, you think this is a long-term shift? I do. I think that, you know, I think video calls have surprised everybody. I think that you're able to see facial expressions, you're able to see people in their own environments, and what does their office look like? You're able to hear the dog or child walk in and an opportune time. I think people appreciate the convenience and don't need the stuffy conference room with the set time with the hotel and the dinner the night before. I just think our expectations are that we can really still have these relationships, but more at scale. So I don't see there ever being a need to go as heavy into travel and trade events as before. So I think this is this is here to stay. You're here to stay too, Don, right? I mean, do you have any doubt that Satisfy Labs will continue and continue to grow? No. The um, daily active users have doubled. Even even though our clients are only about 25% uh, reopened, as 25% of our clients have reopened, obviously music festivals are not in play, a lot of live concerts are not in play, even a lot of our sports customers are not fully engaged. So the amount of usage that has gone up, because if you think about it, going back to a place that you've been, the number of questions you have right now around COVID have quadrupled. So we're seeing exactly that four times the amount of questions being answered with a quarter of the people. But the daily active users are going up because now more people just need this answer right away. Everything has changed. So, yeah, very excited that we are positioned as we were. The expansion that I mentioned just gives us a bigger opportunity than we saw before COVID. Neil? Don, I'm wondering what advice you may have for businesses in terms of scaling and generating new leads and sales during this pandemic. Yeah, listen, now when you're furloughed or your friends or colleagues are furloughed, it's, it's a real difficult time to get pitched a new product. We actually started building products for environments like that, where honestly, we started launching not even a free trial. We just launched a free product and said, hey, listen, if we can help you during this COVID you know, pandemic to get customers informed, even at a very small level, we create a small little light product and said, hey, use it. We just want to build a relationship with you, if possible, for the future when you might need a more robust solution. Let's get something in your hands right now. What does this product do that people, that owners can try now? What does it do? It was called the COVID Assistant. We did a little bit of press about it in, uh, in March, and we continue to offer it now. But it's a very simple system that has four or five 
questions that can be answered and they're highlighted around the most common COVID questions for your your location or your business. So it's called a COVID assistant, happy to you know help anyone that is in need. But that's a way that I think we twisted to say, look, let's help you first. Let's not come at you with a pitch right away, but let's do something to help you get out of this. And when you come out of it, hopefully you'll remember us. It's just a, a unique way of building relationships that we hadn't done in the past. And just so I understand, then back to Neil. And then a company that's trying the uh, COVID assist can be answering customers' questions without the business owner even knowing it because Satisfy Labs is answering it for them. Is that correct, Don? Yes. And the, cust- the our customer gets a report. They see the activity. There's even a cool little feature in there called Notify where the customer can say, hey, uh, I see the answer is not exactly what I'm looking for. Can you tell me when you update this answer and email me or text me? And so they can put in their information and, and that will enable the client to send their end user an updated information or answer when available. Good example is like, hey, when are tickets going to become available? Maybe you don't have the answer right now. Hey, can you notify me when tickets become available? So now there's a marketing lead for our client, but also the end user is getting the information, even though it's not available now, when it becomes available. I think that's just a unique way to think about interactive search of the future. Hmm. Wow. Don, obviously there's been a lot of layoffs and more than 30 million people receiving unemployment benefits right now. When we spoke, you spoke with Joe in December 2018, you said AI will not destroy jobs. Um, and you emphasized that it's more of increasing efficiency and, and to, uh, to work with the employees who are skilled workers. Do you still see that as true or do you think that AI now with the pandemic will replace some jobs? I think AI will replace some roles. And I say that carefully because, you know, the to be insensitive about, you know, is a machine going to take over a person's job? Like right now, when you think about all the people in unemployment, you see faces, names, families. I think AI can replace roles, which means I think that the number of jobs should be the same, but maybe how they're being used in the organizations will differ. Like right now, you're actually seeing that you need more people to work on health and safety, cleaning, guidance of the you know order of the location. Well, that means that maybe less people have to respond to emails and phone calls because the AI is taking that role. So I definitely think that roles will shift, but I do believe that at some point the people can just be reallocated because there'll be a greater need for the next you know 18 months or so in order to run a, a business given the pandemic and the post. Last from me and then back to Joe, what do you think the future of the workplace is? And to that point, how can people, as an employer, how can people become more employable? Right now, the, obviously, the skills for technology are, are pretty high. What I think you're going to find, though, is I believe we once talked about like the, you know, the mother coming back to work or potentially someone later in their careers that might not have found a fit in a, a business. I think the workplace of the future, you're going to find all this talent that's been semi-dormant because of the barrier of going into an office and commuting are now going to open up. Like just as we're thinking about adding to staff, our talent pool has so, so much increased by having remote as a 
you know, a non-issue. So I think the workplace of the future, you're going to see people come back and be able to have families and work more easily. People who thought that maybe the relationships that they had weren't, you know, leverageable because they didn't know certain things. Well, they can get on a Zoom call and build relationships now. So I think the workplace of the future, you're going to see more diversity, which I think is a big focus of a lot of companies. And now you're going to see just all these talent pools that are not typically in your, quote, recruiters network, just open up. And I think it's going to be better for business overall. So even though you had to cut back some staff in March, you're hiring a new now, Don? We're looking. So at this point, we're anticipating to have the capital in the next few probably early months to actually rehire and grow again. So we are absolutely doing the interviewing right now because it takes time and you have to find the right uh, individuals. But yeah, we we should be adding staff back and then, you know, definitely by September, um, if not towards the end of the year. If we don't add staff back, it's because for whatever reason, I needed to maintain cost controls. And obviously, before I add staff, I'd like to return our employees to their normal salaries. But we all get that. We're going to need more people to grow. We see an opportunity to grow. And so just as an employer, you have to balance that. Hey, I just cut back and everyone made some sacrifices, but we see an opportunity to grow. So there'll be some timing with how that works out, but we're we're ready for it. And speaking for the New York tech industry as a whole, Don, some have been surprised to hear that some of the fast-growing tech firms were still having financial problems. Will some close, or do you think most will come back and mirror your trajectory? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, as positive as I am now, in March, I was concerned. I mean, when 100% of your customers shut down and and your income is affected, like, there are some dark months that you know, now we're talking the end of July, so I can see the light. But if you'd called me two months ago, I just said, I don't, I don't know for sure how this is all going to work out. So I do think that, unfortunately, there will be some casualties. It just depends on, you know, what your business was. I already know a couple of friends that had some companies that unfortunately aren't going to make it. I know some that shut down, uh, let go of all of their people, and are just kind of keeping the entity breathing. So they can return back in you know, January of 2021. So I think, unfortunately, you, you will see some casualties and some people that went dormant come back next year. Was that because they were growing too fast, also known as spending too much money, and they didn't have enough reserves, Don? Is that what happened to them? Yeah, it's, well, and it's no different than us. At some point, your projections include some minimum income because you've already got customers, contracts, et cetera. This environment is so unique because even with, you know, our income dropped uh, 85% on a monthly basis. So typically your projections and cash flow say, well, it probably won't go below 50% or 25%. So when your cash flow gets slashed, you know, how, how, how quickly can you cut costs? In a lot of cases, there's some high overhead that you can't quickly cut. We happen to be fortunate enough to have ones that we could, change on monthly contracts. So some of it's growing too fast and some of it's just if if you had made decisions to manage capital by getting into longer term arrangements in order to reduce your short term costs, you actually got burned uh, by this. And and that's challenging for anybody and not not their fault in thinking that way. 
Don, you shared with us that you had COVID. Uh, are you completely recovered? How? What was that like, Don? Yeah, it was. It was scary at first because you know pandemic hits. It's around March 10th. All of our customers shut down. By March 15th, 16th, I tested positive. So imagine running a startup with trying to figure out how to survive the pandemic and then getting ill yourself uh, and my wife as well. So it was really, it was difficult. I had mild symptoms, thankfully, uh, as she did. So, you know, not knowing what you had because the news has a lot of different narratives about it. But yeah, it was about 10... 10 days of you know extreme fatigue and dizziness in the head and all the things that they described. But then it probably lasted about three total weeks before um, full recovery. And we've been okay since, thankfully. What advice would you have for people, you know, to avoid getting it? Yeah, listen, I am, I wear my mask when I go out still, uh, although I have the antibodies, I don't, I don't see a reason not to kind of collectively take the same approach that everyone's signaling i mean when we go into places and and obviously we're signaling that for our customers yeah just we we do wear a mask every time that we go out and and we listen to the guidance given by you know whether it's our governor or whoever's providing it so i don't have a problem with the mask honestly smart smart Um, and i never did Hopefully, AI companies are working with the vaccine and pharmaceutical companies, too. I, I'm sure they are, right? A lot of AI in healthcare, and they are all working really hard to get us the solution to this sooner than later. Don, it's always great to talk to. Don White, founder of Satisfy Labs, and I think you have an idea there why Don has been so successful in his business. Good luck, Don. Thanks, Don. Appreciate the Thank time. Thank you. Thank you both. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.